0: I'm walking all alone down my yellow brick
1: road, and I stomp to the beat of my own drum. I got my pockets full of dreams, and they're at
0: the seams going Welcome to Stacked Keys Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stackhouse. This is a podcast to feature women who are impressive in the work world, or in raising a family, or who have hobbies that make us all feel encouraged, want to hear what makes these women passionate to get up in the morning, or what maybe they wish they'd known a little bit earlier in their lives, grab your keys and stomp to your own drum. do is count one, two, three, Do my own drum. Whatever you do, it ain't
2: nothing on me because I'm doing my thing and I hold
0: the key. Today is a wonderful day. I have two very energetic and exciting ladies with me. I have Laura Kent and I have Sabrina Kelly. Welcome ladies. Thank you. Hi. I am really interested to to jump in and find out who you are and then just kind of go into a flow of conversation but you have some events an event that's coming up and we definitely want to talk about that too so let's start off um Laura can you kind of tell us who people know Laura as today both personally and professionally
2: um I guess they mostly know me because I train at Tenth planet Bethlehem and Allentown my boyfriend uh John blank he's actually like a pretty talented black belt. And he opened Allentown about a year and a half ago. And it's run like kind of in conjunction with 10th Planet Bethlehem. So we're sister schools. There's a lot of crossover there. I guess people also know me a little bit from competing a good bit. Like I'm pretty active on the competition scene and I try and host semi-regular women's open mats at 10th Planet Bethlehem. So a lot of people know me from that too, especially the female competitors.
0: Oh, wow. How long have you been involved in that? Um, The open mats are kind of
2: newer, like I've done certain things off and on. A while back, I had like a women's competition class for a period of time, and then my schedule kind of changed, so that stopped, Um, but then recently is when I started up the women's open mats again, and actually, we've only had two, but they were so successful, I'm going to keep doing them every other month. We have another one coming up April 25th. Um, They tend to be like on a Sunday afternoon, and like I said, I'm trying to do them. Once every two months, optimistically, but we've only had the two. The first one was about 20 girls, 25 girls, and then the second one was 55 girls. So, oh my goodness,
0: pretty, pretty good turnout, I would say. <laughs> I'd say. I mean, even the 25 sounds quite impressive because this is not a sport that um, that you see a lot of women consistently involved in.
2: Yeah, I think especially because of my competition experience, I'm really lucky that I know a lot of different girls that also compete regularly and really are committed to the sport. So that what makes it kind of easy to make connections like that and bring everyone together.
0: Yeah. Well, let's jump over to you, Sabrina. Um, introduce yourself
1: and kind of tell us how people know you both
0: professionally and personally
1: my background's a little bit different than Laura's. I'm not quite uh, a jujitsu competitor by any means. I didn't start training jujitsu until I was 37. Um, my background, uh, I spent a really long period of time uh, working with kids. I was a school psychologist um, for a long time. And um, it's actually kind of what uh, led to my interest um, <laughs> was having my own kids, um, you know, just kind of being out and about with two small children. Um, I'd always been into fitness and weightlifting, but I never felt like super protected. Um, my husband happens to be a pretty high level black belt in jujitsu and um, he, you know, had always trained and I was always kind of interested, but it really pushed me over the edge after we had our own kids. Uh, I was out at the mall with our two small children and a stroller and there was an attack in the center of the mall and I had to leave really quickly. And I remember just thinking to myself, like, I would have no idea like what to do, you know, if someone like tried to hurt me and um, just that like fear factor kind of came in. And then uh, I went to watch my husband compete at a fight to win. And the first match were these two females that were similar in size to me. And I was like, wow like that looks amazing and now i want to learn how to do it so (laughs) despite my husband's cajoling for a number of years it was seeing you know two other women who were these really strong women who were able to use their bodies in a way that i really wanted to learn how to use mine and um I think it's awesome too. Like I have a young daughter and, you know, both of my kids train, um, my son trains, my daughter trains and they're eight and six. And so I think it's really cool too, that as a family, like we all train together. So it's just like another opportunity for us to kind of spend that time together. So I'm a mom um, and I'm a school psychologist and I train jujitsu. And my husband and I own a jiu-jitsu academy called the vault Jitsu, which is actually where sub out domestic violence is going to be held uh, this time around.
0: Wow. So you, you two do come from different perspectives. Um, Laura, what was it that got you involved in jiu-jitsu to begin with? What was your catalyst?
2: Um, Honestly, I wish I had some great story like a lot of our girls do, but really I've just always had anger issues, as embarrassing as that is to admit. Um, in my early 20s, I discovered like the UFC and MMA, and I never really knew it was a thing. Somehow I had totally missed that in my life up until that point. But whenever I saw, you know, the UFC fights and stuff, I started getting really interested in MMA. So eventually, once I got to a point where I could financially, I signed up for a jujitsu gym and it kind of took off from there.
0: You ladies have kind of a, a common thread there. I mean, Sabrina being a psychologist and then Laura talking about anger issues and that's where you you kind of put <laughs> put your energy I think there's some correlation there, isn't there? Yeah, I would say
2: so. I think a lot of people do jujitsu because it does help a lot with mental health issues too. Like, I mean, I've got pretty bad anxiety and I've dealt with depression throughout my life and those kind of things. It's kind of tied into the anger issues. So overall jujitsu just really helps me by giving me an outlet and uh, kind of keeping me emotionally regular, I guess you could say. I don't know it just gives me a really healthy hobby instead of turning to you know negative vices or something like that yeah
0: Sabrina where do where do you stand there
1: oh no I wholeheartedly agree um Laura and I like have talked about this a lot I mean I'm I'm super anxious um to to begin with as well and I've been that way my entire life and you know like certain strategies are amazing for anxiety. And obviously, you know, like that's what I did for a really long time. I talked about those strategies and things like that, but I find that with jujitsu, um, you know, for me, like when you're on a jujitsu mat, you're incapable of thinking about anything else, but jujitsu, like you legitimately are, you don't have the ability because someone's going to snap a limb, um, (laughs) you know, if you're not quite paying attention or you're going to miss, you know, what you're, you're learning. And honestly, it's it's the most centered I ever am throughout my day. Like, you know, really just like being on that mat, like no matter what's going on in the world, you can't really attend to anything else, um, when you're there. And it's so beautiful in that regard. I think like, um, you know, that was also another sort of driving force behind some of the conversations that Laura and I had had about starting sub out domestic violence and, you know, like having this event because for women who currently don't train, you know, it, it gives sort of some insight to ways in which, um, you know, they can sort of find an outlet and find something that can be helpful to them. I think it it can be a little, you know, off-putting to women if they don't really understand what actually happens in a jujitsu school. But I think in a healthy environment, like the one that Laura has at her school and the one that like we have here, you know, like people are made to feel comfortable and, you know, no one is sort of, trying to put you in a position where you you can't come in and learn you know i think that that's sort of what's really super important um just in any environment but especially in a jiu-jitsu environment
0: yeah i i would think that um you two kind of have come in it and you you have um people around you that that um, you watched before you stepped on the mat mm-hmm. but to walk in and and have no clue it, it it's it's kind of any gym anxiety, you know, you walk in and you aren't sure what the machine is you walk in, you aren't sure what to do. Um, So I imagine that that kind of plays, plays true in a, on a mat as well.
1: I mean, having spent several years of my life in a gym, I mean, I, you know, like a regular gym, (laughs) I used to compete in figure. So I spent an an inordinate amount of time in a gym and yet that's stressful, but walking into a jujitsu gym where you're watching people literally throw their bodies into each other like full blast and going for submissions, you know, that really can lead to some unintended consequences if not done properly. You know, I feel like that can be very overwhelming um, for people who, haven't had that experience you know like when when you don't really quite know what to expect first time i went to a class it was just me and a group of guys and i remember sitting there and i felt so out of place and uncomfortable um in the sense that like they had all this experience and i had none um and now after training for a couple years you know It's really cool to watch new people walk in who have no experience, really have to get their sea legs. And then when you start to see them, um, especially other women, uh, you start to see them kind of really get comfortable and they start rolling with different partners and, you know, they're, they're just doing things that they wouldn't have done, you know, even a couple of weeks ago. It's just such an empowering experience and such a cool thing to see.
0: All right, let's jump right in this because we keep referring to it. So I don't want to dance around it. I want to go ahead and talk about the domestic violence event that you're talking about um i want to know what it is and then i want to know what's behind it and then that kind of allows us to refer back to it in our whole conversation so one of you jump in and tell me what we're all about do you want to start sabrina because it was mostly
1: sabrina's idea oh boy um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's it's very interesting. So I, I think, um, again, like, we opened our school last July. And, you know, initially, like, there were some women who signed up, but uh, it was mostly, you know, a, a male population. And um, one of the things that I found that was super cool was within our community. A lot of women ended up joining throughout the last year. Right. And so, um, after talking to a bunch of people and, you know, like talking to Laura and kind of thinking about what my reasoning was behind starting Jiu Jitsu and also what a, a lot of other women's reasoning was, you know, behind wanting to begin this sport, it all came back to a common thread and it, it really revolves around for most people. I can't speak for everyone, obviously, but I feel like for most it's, a sense of not only empowerment, but also like safety and security, like an ability to really defend yourself if the situation presented it and you needed to. Um, so then we got to talking and, you know, Laura and I came up with a bunch of ideas about, you know, like what kind of organization would sort of best fit this event. And, you know, we came up with an idea for this sub out, um, you know, kind of event and then it just kind of really blended and we researched some organizations that were local, um, and we found DAP, which is, um, the Delaware County Domestic Abuse Project, and they were a very you know, it was a bona fide charity, they do a lot of legal advocacy, um, you know, for women and children. And we kind of sat down and we're like, you know what, that actually sounds awesome, so we're just gonna go with sub out domestic violence. And we honestly, our original plan was to just get some funding, you know, um, <laughs> kind of do something that was nice for the community nice for women and also highlight the women who do train jujitsu and give them a platform um you know where they can come out and have this super unique event i mean and laura can speak better to this because i don't compete um you know on the big stages like she does but you know like just doing something that was super unique but that was tailored primarily to women um and I think that's kind of how it got its start after like a couple phone calls and um you know coffee it was like all right I think we have a plan <laughs> and we're gonna <laughs> Laura and I are both movers and shakers as we quickly learned so it took no time to get the ground ru- to hit the ground running here and um we had this plan literally on a Saturday and we by Tuesday had a logo um had a date we had the application <laughs> and we agreed We'd reached out to DAP, we had a Venmo account, and then um, we got how many applications, Laura? It was what? We got 50
2: in a week, and that's when we were like, shut it down. (laughs) we were originally looking to do 15 matches. Um, Since we are hosting it at Vault, there's only a certain amount of space. It's not like a huge venue. It's just a regular jujitsu gym, you know. So we are a little limited on space, and there's still, like, the COVID issue. So we said 15 matches. But basically, we started making the matches as they came in. Since I know a lot of the women, I was, like, in charge of the matchmaking process. So just as things were coming in, I was, like, making little note cards, pairing people up. And it was really just first come, first serve. And by the end of the first week, we were up to basically 25 matches. And that's when we were like, okay, (laughs) this is already 10 more matches than we had originally planned. And I think we are rapidly reaching what we have to consider a limit. We would, I mean, especially Sabrina would have loved to have put literally every girl on this card if we had room, but unfortunately we do have to kind of cut things off some, you know, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It yep. definitely helps, I would say. I mean, part of the reason why Sabrina contacted me to help with this kind of like women's only event is because I do have so many women's jujitsu connections in the area. So, I mean, just like a couple posts and it didn't take long for a word to spread very quickly, it seems.
0: Women want this, they want to be able to showcase what they're doing and then to tie it with. An organization that's already empowering um, it just seems like a perfect fit
1: it, it was really um, overwhelming in an emotional emotionally um, to have so many women reach out who on their application or in a private message and, you know, Laura got a lot of these um, and then she you know, would share them um, or just like, you know, the, the gist of them with me, but that, you know, so many women who were directly affected by domestic violence and were victims of domestic violence and survivors, um, you know, really wanted to be a part of it because they trained Jiu Jitsu or they began training Jiu Jitsu you know, because of that reason. Um, and so that was, that was super, um, overwhelming to just read and listen to so many women who had that experience, you know, it's, um, it's moving.
0: Are these, a lot of them competitors like you are, Laura, or, or is the new, is there a newbie side to it? There definitely is since we did first
2: come, first serve, and because Sabrina encouraged a lot of her girls at Vault to sign up. A lot of them are a little bit newer, unless they had already trained somewhere else, just because of how long Vault has been open. A lot of the girls that I personally know are more experienced, like blue, purple, brown belts, but we do have white belt matches on the card. So we really tried to, you know, give everybody an opportunity. And especially since it is for charity, like girls that wouldn't usually get an opportunity to do like a super fight and have a match flyer and be live streamed, that kind of stuff you know it really makes you feel like kind of cool on the upper level as a competitor to be featured that way so you know we wanted to extend it to everyone we weren't like picking and choosing oh is this person good enough like I said it was just kind of first come first serve so that everyone you know that wanted a match could get a match optimistically
0: but yet they're matched to where you're not Going to have somebody that just absolutely annihilates somebody else. Oh, yeah. I mean,
2: for the most part, we kept like the same rank, this, you know, and similar weight and everything. And then we would also like kind of pair people up and then we would send them an email to be like, this is your opponent. This is the proposed weight and rank. Are you okay with this? And then once both responded yes, then we'd confirm the match. And honestly, they got confirmed pretty quickly. There was only like a couple that we've had to shake up last minute there's still like one match that's kind of in flux right now but I think I have a girl confirmed so I mean, it's been pretty easy, especially even after we closed applications, girls have been contacting us like, I so want to be a part of this and let me just volunteer, or, you know, can you find me a match, that kind of thing. So whenever we had someone kind of pull out or not confirm, it was pretty easy to put something out there. And within less than 24 hours, we had like three or four people respond. So wow. it was just a matter of going through them, you know, one by one and kind of confirming things.
0: So it's more than just the event. I mean, it's more than just being on the mat. There's a lot of behind the scenes and a lot of other parts to make this work. So the attitude just seems to be so giving. Is that what you're finding?
2: Oh yeah. We've had a lot of support. And I know Sabrina is the one who's received a lot of the messages because she's mostly been handling all of the sponsor stuff I, since I know the girls and I'm more of like the jujitsu focused one, I guess, well, I guess I should explain my school also runs, um, uh, a- pro Jiu Jitsu event and like a local tournament. The finishers sub only is the pro event and then the finishers open is the local tournaments. So I have a lot of experience from working with the people at my school as far as like how to run a live stream, how events are usually run and that kind of thing. So those technical aspects were what Sabrina kind of brought me in to help with, but she has just completely ran with all of the Sponsor messages and taking donations and that kind of stuff. I know she's got a bunch of lists going on right now Keeping track of all of that.
1: We've really tried to make this a charitable event. Um, we're we're not taking a dime out of um, anything that comes in every single dollar that we've raised thus far is going to um, death and uh, at this point, as of today, I think we're around, um, 82 or $8,300 and it's, um, you know, we, we started, uh, March 8th, I think we started putting out information just about the event. Um, so in really, you know, like 20 days, um, we've raised a considerable amount of money and people have just been so generous. Um, you know, it's it's really been a beautiful thing to see. Um, we've had two, one of the sponsorship options that we did um, was it was $600 for a six month membership for a woman who is in need. So someone who maybe, you know, recently survived, a, you know, a domestic violence situation or, um, you know, like, I, someone who really needs, um, you know, some support and um, at either Laura's school or or ours. And um, we've had two uh, angel uh, sponsors, you know, just kind of send that $600 in and say, you know, like, please support like, you know, someone. And it's it's just been like a really beautiful thing and everyone has done, you know, like whatever they could do. And so we're just so grateful. Like we, we've had so many people reach out and online too, within the jujitsu community, there have been these accounts that have you know crazy followings, um, and they've gone above and beyond in terms of sharing our stuff and um, promoting it and running raffles for it, and like it's just been really, really nice to watch everybody come together. I mean. I, Laura's experience, you know, far exceeds my own in terms of knowing how to match people up. And, you know, like I joke with her, like I probably would have been picking names out of a hat and been, you know, called it a day, um, you know, but, but that's like, she, she excels in that area. And and I, I don't, you know, like, I think it's really important to know your own strengths and weaknesses. Um, you know, like for me, just knowing, like I, I've spent so many years working with families and children, you know, like who you had to make phone calls about, you know, to like child abuse hotlines and, you know, that you had to do things that were really sad and really heart-wrenching. And so to think about it from that perspective and watch how many people have just been like, here, like here's a donation, you know, here like no questions asked. And we've asked people, I've asked every single person for the most part that has been motor, PayPal, like, you know, do you want to remain anonymous? And like an overwhelming percentage of people have just like wanted, they, you know, they want no recognition in return. They just, um, you know, but we want to recognize them. So, um, you know, we have like a T-shirt that we're um, going still looking for someone who can make the T-shirts, by the way, I will throw that out there. <laughs> um, but we've had other people donate, you know, um, their time. We have banners being made like um, there's a chocolatier that I know who's going to do um, chocolates for the day of the event. Like we have so many different things that people have just like offered to do at no cost. And it's it's really been awesome. That's great so do you see this being
0: packaged to help other people across the country put it together in their areas i mean other people
2: can definitely steal our business model if i'm being honest we totally just stole the business model of tap cancer out that's because when sabrina first had the idea and was like i want to raise this money like let's do an event with super fights traditionally whenever you do an event and have just a super fight on a pro event. Most people aren't paying to do that. Like you would pay to register for a tournament, but if you have a super fight, it's not like those competitors are paying most of the time. So I was kind of like, okay, hmm, where would the money be coming from that we're going to raise? But Tap Cancer Out, I know, requires competitors for their pro events to raise. Theirs is actually 250, which we wanted to make this really accessible. So we said $50. And I mean, at this point, with the amount of people that have chosen to sponsor a competitor, which is like our lowest tier donation, $50 to sponsor a competitor, we've had so many people do that, that really we're almost at the point, I think, where like competitors, it would basically be optional if they want to raise money or not, which a lot of them are still choosing to try and raise money, you know, just for the cause and everything, but it's not as required as we had originally thought that it might have to be yeah. because we didn't expect to get this overwhelming amount of donations. We just wanted to make sure we had something to give, you know, but clearly that won't be as much of an issue as we originally thought. Yeah.
0: Well, how do you, when you're talking about sponsoring a, a, a woman who might be in need or who might be, in a situation that this is an attractive um venue or sport for her to get into how do you approach her about it i mean is it um to empower her i mean how, how do you do that
1: so honestly i feel like that you know i i wouldn't want to operate outside the realm of my expertise i feel like that would have to be a conversation that um the people at DAP, um, you know, they, they are dealing with trauma survivors every single day. So I feel like if anything, you know, when I, when I had spoken to, um, the representative from DAP, you know, I mentioned it more as like, this is an option and it's, it's open for whenever they are ready to do it. So, you know, there's no, obviously like, um, you know, we want it to be something that someone wants to do. Um, and you know, it's, it's there, like either way, the money is going to DAP. like, we're you know, we're, we're right. donating that. And then, um, you know, Laura and I will leave that, you know, membership option open. Um, you know, and if someone were to reach out, then they absolutely have that opportunity. But um, it's just really not a you know a position where um, I would feel comfortable. You know, sort of reaching out. I think that that's something that like when they're working with their mental health counselors or you know whomever over at DEP. Uh, has those conversations about accessing resources and accessing things to build that mental health, um, you know, component backup, that would be something they could discuss for sure.
0: So is it more of a B2B kind of thing where you're educating the people, the counselors, the, the people who are putting resources out there of you line up as a resource?
1: So yeah, I actually had a conversation with DAP last week, Laura and I are going to be scheduling to um, chat with them, um, you know, I think, uh, in the next couple of weeks, um, just to sort of discuss, you know, like, what we have going on, um, you know, and and things like that, because I think initially, um, you know, like, we didn't really know, you know, how this was going to take off or, or turn out. And so we kind of, you know, aimed high, but Estimated small, just in case, and you know, with the way that it's sort of snowballed, um, you know, I'd reached out to DAP and just kind of let them know, like where we were, and you know, that like we did have those options for women's memberships, and um, you know, I think that's something that Laura and I would really need to discuss with them to educate them on, you know, like how they would go ahead and and access that if if they'd like. Yeah. Well,
0: I find um, my children are all involved in. Um, martial arts and um, Isaac has been in the uh, cage fighting scene and then you know my girls have been jiu-jitsu and Isaac's now more jiu jitsu But um, I find that some of the things that they both, they all say is that it bleeds over into every aspect of their lives. It makes every part of their lives better. And I find as a mom, having to explain this to my friends and Mm -hmm. my family of they're doing what, why Mm -hmm. are they doing that? How are they? But I truly believe, and Becca has said this, that with COVID coming, had she not been involved in this, her mental health would have tanked. So do you find that around the people that you're involved with? And do you have to explain why you choose kind of a, A combat and I I don't know if combat is the right word because that means something different in the whole whole scene. So, but something that is so physically involved. Do you have, do you find that you have to explain why that is that you can do that to other people Um, outside of your jiu-jitsu world?
2: I, I do find a lot of people don't understand. I'm not sure if I necessarily try and take the time to explain it to them just because it's hard to understand unless you're doing it or unless you are that type of person. It takes a specific type of person to, I mean, A, you're kind of you are accepting a certain amount of risk whenever it comes to your body. I've been through like a couple injuries. I've been training for over six years. I've already had two jujitsu surgeries, which is not like the typical, I would say, but I mean, that's definitely a risk that you're accepting, especially if you're going to be someone who's competing a lot, like people get injured, things happen. And then on top of that, there's also like The general grossness factor—I think that's what turns off a lot of women too. Like, who wants someone sweating on them? Like, I've had sweat dripped like in my eyeball before. You know, that's not something everyone's going to love. You have to be (laughs) a certain type of person to be okay with being in those uncomfortable situations and kind of embracing that. You know, so do people on the regular outside world understand? Not really, but I guess I just kind of you know, let it, I don't really spend a lot of time trying to talk them into things at this point. I would say earlier in my jujitsu career, I was a lot more like, oh yeah, you should try it, that kind of thing. But really I've just found like if people aren't into it, they aren't into it. There's no point in like twisting someone's arm if they just, it's not their thing. It's definitely not everyone's thing, but I do think it could be extremely beneficial for a lot of people.
0: And as a young woman, Laura, do you feel that it really does empower you to, to feel secure? And if you're, if you find yourself in a situation, you you do know how to at least begin defense?
2: Oh yeah. I mean, I have to be honest. I'm a little bit different because like, obviously I'm a woman, but I'm also a really large woman. So I don't, fear for my safety, I guess, as much as I feel like your average size woman would. I mean, I'm I'm six feet tall, just to give you an idea. So even a lot of dudes, I can be taller than them or bigger than them, that kind of thing. So it's not like I have a strong size disadvantage in your average population, you could say. So I've never really been like walking around in fear or anything like that. However, I do definitely like that I've found, you know, I can take on guys that are like still bigger than me, even with me being the size that I am and feel like I can get the better of them and that kind of thing. And I mean, yeah, I do feel obviously way more confident than before I had started training about being able to defend myself and all of that.
0: What about you, Sabrina? What, um, how do you you feel? And I mean, you're in a lot of um, mommy worlds and, you know, there are so many rules of, giving kids their space and and just so many things that we all as as young moms kind of inflect on others so so what do you find in talking about or uh, presenting what you what you do on the map
1: So I don't know. I guess like I've come to think about jujitsu as sort of being a metaphor for life in many ways, like uh, you're put in really challenging positions and you have to figure out a way to safely get out of them. Right. Um, You know, because there are some consequences that come along if you. Don't safely escape. Um, you know, and I feel like that's kind of what life is in general, right? It's, you know, like I tell my kids that all the time. It's you're gonna be put in really difficult and challenging situations. And what are you gonna do? Are you gonna lay there and just allow someone to decimate you or are you gonna figure out a way to, you know, get out of it and work through it, right? So I don't know. I mean, for me, like I definitely am at a size disadvantage. I'm like five foot on a good day. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a stronger girl, so that has always worked to my benefit. Um, I'm, you know, like that's always been helpful to me. But even with that being said, like, you know, if a much larger man came up from behind me and tried to like take me to the ground, you know, I mean, like, I, I can't say that I would definitely not be going to the ground, you know, like, I mean, it's It is what it is. So, um, you know, just knowing that when I get there, um, you know, if I really needed to get away, at least I would have some tools in my toolkit to be able to escape. And truthfully, um, you know, more so for me, it it is more about my daughter. Like I, I do want her to see, like, I bring my kids with me when I train. Um, and this way they can, the luxury of having our own school is that I can bring my kids and they can, you know, kind of sit and watch us train. Um, but I, I want that because, when she gets older, you know, or when my son gets older, if they're in a position where my son, was bullied in preschool. Like, I mean, you know, like it's ridiculous. So if there's a position that they're in where someone is being forceful with them, whether it's the kid or an adult, like I want them to know how to defend themselves. And I feel like there's n- no better way to do that than jujitsu. Um, and we make it their choice. I mean, I never forced training on them. Like they decided that they wanted to train and we're like, great. You know, if they ever decide they don't want to, that's fine too. But, um, I do love that they have that as an outlet.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and I like what you say of, of its life situations, because I think that um, so frequently we want to segment our lives so much. And this is what I do at this time. And it stays over there. This is how I act at school. This is how I act at home. This is, and that's not real. Mm-hmm. And um, and maybe COVID has shown us a little bit more of how life blends and how it has to blend. Um, so with this event and with your schedules, your regular schedules and, and your responsibilities outside of gym and this, how in the world do you balance it all? I mean, here you are, young professional women, and there is a balance to what you're
1: doing and saying yes means so much. So how do you balance? Laura makes a lot of lists and I read them. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, so makes too.
2: She's got her own little sponsor list going on. Honestly I think that the the way that we've really been able to do this is we each have our own specific duties. You know, like I said, she's been handling the sponsor side, I've been handling the competitor side and kind of working in conjunction. You know, we both log into the sub out domestic violence, Instagram, and we both kind of check messages and she knows which ones are like her job to respond to. And I know which ones I should be responding to. So honestly, we've just been like a great pair. We've been working really well together. And I mean, I don't know, it, it ended up being an excellent partnership. <laughs> we are both also Virgos and very tight, <laughs> so uh, that helps too. We're already pretty organized, you know, get stuff done kind of people. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess it didn't take really long for us to get a whole lot done. <laughs> yeah.
1: Nope. (laughs) I think Laura and I could probably construct a home in like two days if really given the opportunity. But like we just, yeah, I don't know. We just kind of like, it was such a nice um, balance. We'd never worked together before in like this kind of a way ever. So, you know, you never know what you're getting into um, when you're working with someone new, but like from the get, Laura showed up with like a book of, table of contents outline. And I was like, you are my girl. Like, this is going to work. And, you know, cause like I am a talker, but, um, in terms of writing down things like that has never been my forte or strong suit. And, um, I don't know. It's just, it's been really a nice partnership. (laughs) Like, I, I don't think there's anybody else that I would have gotten this much accomplished with. Um, and it's, it's been so great, like just to work together we just bounce off each other and, really do honestly work super well together. So it's been nice. That's great.
0: You know, it's funny because different people think differently. And I had it brought to my attention recently um, in taking notes, you know, taking a, a blank piece of paper and having a note here, a note here, a note here, a note here kind of scattered all over the page. And then writing comments under that drives the engineer side of people crazy. And the creative side work and then but one of my daughters looked at it and went you're i can't even think so you really kind of had to divide yourselves and just did it very easily how do do you start your morning Laura, laura what's your morning how do you i know you're doing some working at home working at you're alternating your weeks but how do you how do you do all that and then have time for the jujitsu and then being a part of the school? And then Sabrina, follow up with with Laura on that same thought. Um, I think honestly in an like I always work
2: eight thirty to five. It depends on the week if I'm in the office or working remotely. Obviously this week I'm working remotely and on my couch right now. <laughs> Um, But really, I think it's made it easy because a lot of what we've been doing communication wise has all been based on Instagram. And I mean, everyone always has their phone with them. So even if I am at work, I can send a little message here and there, that kind of thing. So it really hasn't been hard to just kind of do it as like a side project and just find time to respond. You know, and sometimes we'll even like prod each other, like if Sabrina's busy doing something or I'm busy doing something, like she'll be like, hey, did you see that message? Or, you know, that kind of thing. So we'd know when to get back to people if someone's waiting on a response. But also it definitely helped that, at least for me, the majority of the work was in that first week, week and a half when we were like taking applications and doing all of the matchmaking and stuff. Right now the biggest job is all of the sponsorship stuff. So I'm just taking a break over here while Sabrina does all the heavy lifting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know, you know, I, I so my husband and I um we own two businesses. We own the Jiu Jitsu Academy and then um we also run a pest control company. So my days are um I'm usually like doing all the back end stuff for both of those businesses and then we have two small kids so my days are definitely busy um but busy in like a good way i thrive on being busy like i don't know how to not have things to do like that drives me insane so if i'm not like busy um it's it's not a good situation for me um so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like every day, you know, wake up, get my kids for school. We we get up really early. I mean, every day I'm up by 5 a.m. Um, and then, you know, we have our little routine. We have class in the morning and oftentimes I'll bring my kids and then, um, you know, I leave and the phones start. My kids go to school. Um, I do the phones and then come back at night to train, you know, so it's it's a busy life, but it's, The nice part too about doing so about domestic violence is, um, like Laura said, you know, everything really has been rooted thankfully to technology. Um, and so, you know, we can access it whenever we need to, we can respond whenever we need to, you know, it's not like we're having to jump on 8,000 phone calls, although I am a talker. So I do call Laura. I'm like, hi, can you talk? Thanks. Okay. Cause sometimes I just need to get, I need to get it out that way. It's too much for me to send a message. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of like getting it done. You know, um, I feel like you just do it <laughs> and then it just all works itself out. But right now, you know, like Laura and I have do have definitely like a little bit of a lull. and I feel like on May 23rd, you know, that the, probably the couple days beforehand, like it's going to be a lot like making sure that everything is together and ready for the event. Um, we've also had, I, I neglected to say this, but we've also had a lot of physical sponsors who have sent like donations, like baskets and things like that. So we'll have that for the competitors too. Um, like, you know, Laura and I haven't quite figured out how we're gonna use it, whether we're gonna do my raffle out of the hat idea probably not, or, um, <laughs> or if we're going to do something else, you know, for the competitors. But um, we do have, like, a lot of companies that have been really generous and gracious. Um, Staff Soap, Our Life CBD, Jits Soap, um, Jits Bitch, Jits underscore bitch is an account on Instagram that really reached out to us and then just started, like, sharing all of our stuff. And from there, um, a lot of her followers started sharing. She's been running raffles on the back end um, to, to help raise money. So that's also another way that we've been raising money. And I really don't want to neglect that because it's been huge. Um, we had a couple of really big name people in Jiu um post our um, flyer and the information about us to their Instagram stories. And that really was huge. It was a big catalyst for, um, you know, getting attention and getting people interested. So it's been really nice. So you guys didn't launch your
0: Instagram until March 8th. Yeah. <laughs> wow.
2: I guess honestly, it's part of the reason why Sabrina and I know each other. I guess we probably should have explained this part too. <laughs> is my boyfriend, um, it started as one Saturday a month, but now we're up to two Saturdays a month. He goes and does like a guest instructor spot at Vault um, and teaches so you know we kind of met each other that way and then you know whenever she asked me to help it was basically like the next saturday that i showed up with this list that she's talking about (laughs) where i was like okay these are the things we need to decide these are our options you know and we made like a bunch of decisions that day literally came up with the name that day and then like she Uh said within a couple days from then we had posted the flyer we had made the instagram we had opened applications and like. Literally everything happened within the first 24 hours. It just kind of
0: yeah. rapidly exploded. <laughs> wow. And then what you're doing on the Instagram a lot, and, and I'm, I'm kind of scrolling through now and I've looked at it before, but you're you're doing the introductions of the fighters and, and showing who they are and then talking a little bit about them. And so by the time the event comes, everyone really could have had an introduction to who they'll see. So how do you think that day is looking? Of what physically what what's that day going to be? You're going to start at what time and start rolling out and
1: um Laura, you want to you want to take that volley?
2: Um, It'll start at 11 o'clock. We definitely want to do a test run for the live stream at some point beforehand. The live stream is really an important part, especially because we're not going to be having spectators because of how many competitors and coaches we'll have at the venue Um, and the live stream also is like one of the sponsorship options. So we're going to be able to put like the logos up and a little contact information about the different sponsors that have contributed throughout the live stream, kind of give them shout outs. And um, I I plan on being on commentary myself in large part because I feel like I know most of these women and I'm going to reach out to some of the girls that I don't know as well to kind of get a little information and really my commentary is going to be more focused on the girls and their stories, I think, as opposed to like what they're doing in the match, like a play-by-play. Because I personally, I don't think that people that completely don't know what's happening in jujitsu are going to be really into watching this. So if I need to explain like, this is what move they're doing, you know, I, I don't think that's necessarily our audience. I think people are more interested in like the women and their stories. And we really wanted to kind of highlight the girls themselves, you know?
0: Yeah. It's the emotional aspect of why they're even doing it.
2: Yeah. And another thing, um, Sabrina kind of planned this all out working with DAP because she's the one that's been in contact with them. But from what I understand, like at the end of the event, we're going to get everything tallied up and we're going to have a representative from DAP. And we're going to take like a picture with a big check and the total donation and have all of the female competitors lined up behind us. So we'll have like a really nice little photo shoot opportunity.
0: Yep that's good
2: for the most part it's just going to be like the 20 we ended up with 25 matches like i said instead of the original 15 that we planned on and we're just going to go through basically starting at white belts working our way up in rank and we'll also start at the lighter weights for each experience level and work our way up from there Mm
0: -hmm. okay so about how long will this run then probably three-ish hours i would guess um I think on the
2: longer end, maybe three and a half, but I don't think it'll come to that, especially if we have some submissions. The one good thing about it is we wanted to keep it like friendly and low pressure because of the fact that it's all for charity. We really wanted to be focused on the charity and the girls and not so much the competitive aspect, even though it is a competition. So all of the matches are submission or draw. So at the end of the five or six minutes, depending on what their rank is, white and blue belts are doing five minutes, purple and up are doing six. But at the end of the five or six minute round, if there's no submission, then it just goes to a draw. So both girls are winners, basically. (laughs) Okay. So that will also keep the time down because a lot of events, um, if it's not a points event, then there's typically like an overtime thing and things can yeah. go a little bit longer. But this will definitely limit things to maximum five to six minutes per match. you know. Mm-hmm. And with the number of matches we have, I really think it'll be around three hours if we can keep things moving. Yeah, That's going to be my job. <laughs> keep things my moving. job is to keep
1: follow, things. That yeah. follow the list. Follow the list. Keep things moving. Yes.
0: <laughs> well, and, and nobody's coming back and doing a rematch or, or coming back in and doing... So it's just, no. Nope. All... The most recent uh,
2: replacement we were looking for, I did have one of the girls that's already on the card say, like, oh, I'll do a second match and I'll go up and wait for this. I'm like, it's okay. You don't have to, just because we've had so many girls reach out. Um, I think so. I kind of made this decision on my own, but I think (laughs) Sabrina would agree that we would much rather find like new girls as opposed to trying to do one girl having two matches or something Mm -hmm. like that, especially since there's so many girls that want to be a part of this event. We really just want to give as many people opportunities as possible. So it doesn't really make sense to do like, you know, a second match for one of the competitors. And we also kind of let people know, like, for people that didn't get the application in within the first week or didn't get matched for whatever reason, which really there was only like, I want to say two people that we didn't get matched that were in the first 50 applications. So I think that's pretty impressive. But we told them we'd give them priority next time, which basically we've accepted we're going to
0: have to do another one. I was going to say, sounds like a commitment you have made. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) that we're going to put out there. Uh, Yep, it will happen again. And I think sometimes the first, you know, having your maiden voyage, uh, you learn a lot. And I'm sure that you've already got some lessons that you jot down in your notes for for the next time. But um, to have the enthusiasm out of the gate is pretty spectacular. So what would you say um, to our different audiences, to the gyms, what can they do? I mean, I know that, that more gyms can, can um, push your live stream. I mean, the more people that are watching that day, the, the more beneficial. So to your different groups, the, the gym owners, people that are involved in gyms, um, women that are um, involved in fighting domestic violence, or those that are unfortunately at the other end of that, what are some of the messages that you'd like to put out there?
1: I just think like, not to, you know, sur- skirt the question, but I, I just really think that like to watch the the community in general, I mean, I, I I do have to say like a lot of the sponsorships that we've gotten, whether it's like um, just, you know, the, the donations for the, the, to sponsor a competitor or the live stream, you know, most of them have come from other jujitsu gyms, um, or, you know, like people's family members or like just, you know, other people who saw it on you know the web or like people who wrote in on their Venmo, you know, that like, they were a survivor and, you know, they were so grateful to see an event like this. So, you know, I just feel like anytime you can use your position to bring something to light, um, you know, that may not traditionally be thought about within the community, I think it benefits everyone, right? So, you know, honestly, I mean, jujitsu is definitely a male-dominated sport. Um, I think that, you know, there are plenty of issues that plague both men and women. Um, But this particular issue, you know, if you look up any of the research statistics, you know, it definitely disproportionately affects women more. And so if women are seeking something that they can learn to do that gives them some semblance of empowerment or, you know, self-sufficiency or a way to feel like they know how to defend themselves if they ever find themselves in that position again, um, you know, then so be it, you know, like, let's utilize this platform as a way to possibly get more women involved in the sport, um, and give them, you know, that same, um, experience that both Laura and I have, you know, in training jujitsu, right? Like it's it's great for all aspects of your life.
2: Yeah, I think my message is a little bit different because it's more on the jujitsu end of things, but I think Sabrina and I have both been really lucky in that we have that male support also i mean obviously her husband runs vault and my boyfriend runs 10th planet allentown but also my coaches like zach maslani and jm holland who run 10th planet bethlehem they've always been extremely supportive of the women And they've hosted uh, women's only finishers, sub only events. And they've always made a big deal to hype up the women. I mean, my coach basically just lets me do these women's open mats whenever I want and schedule them myself and that kind of thing. So I think it really helps if other gyms just kind of keep in mind the female community that you may have, even if it is small, the more supportive you are of that community, the more likely it is to grow. And I mean even once you get women in the door, it takes a a little bit more to get them to kind of stick around long-term, you know? So basically what I'm saying is try not to just scare them off, guys. (laughs) You know, like keep in mind, you know, we want to support these women and you know, whenever they have opportunities, like lately, there's kind of been a whole rash of women's only competitions, like submission on the shore is a big event that has been doing a bunch of women's only competitions, Uh, fight to win started doing women's only fight to win nights. So it's kind of on the rise. And even just like, you know, shouting out these events on Instagram or watching them whenever there's a stream, those kind of things are really helpful to just support you know, the women's jujitsu community and get more women involved. I think it's a lot easier for women to get involved when they see like a higher level, more experienced woman that's already at the gym. You know, like Sabrina's been great for bringing other women into her gym. And I feel like I'm like one of the female ambassadors at my gym where, you know, a new girl comes in, you got to kind of make sure to like greet them, make sure they know that they're welcome, you know, and that kind of thing, make them feel comfortable, you know because like Sabrina mentioned earlier, it can be intimidating just walking in. And most of the time you're just walking into like a bunch of huge sweaty men. So, you know, it's nice to see like a girl over there, you know, and have her come say hi, that kind of thing. It's just more likely that the girl is gonna probably stick around long-term if she, ha- if she feels that support coming from the rest of the men in her gym too. Definitely.
0: All right, we've kind of gone all around talked a lot about um the event which is terribly important and encourage everybody to be a part in whatever way they can and if they can't pay attention um and bring it to their own areas because um this is an issue that spans the country so it's it's not um just one area and um then we've talked a lot about you ladies and So I'd like to wrap up if there's anything that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure you say, and then definitely the um, guides to get where people need to get to both follow and then be involved on the event day.
1: I'll just say thank you for having us, um, for sure. Um, This has been awesome to just even be able to talk about it. Laura and I definitely didn't anticipate um, this taking off the way that it has, but it's it's really been lovely to see. Um, You can find us on Instagram at suboutdomesticviolence, all one word, and then, We've created a Facebook event, but Facebook hasn't given us as much traction as um, Instagram has for this event. Um, You can Venmo at Violence uh, to make a donation. Um, It's sort of the two ways to to find us for sure.
0: And then the streaming will be how? Will it be YouTube or Facebook?
2: Yeah, sorry. Whenever we do this stream, it'll be on YouTube, and we're actually going to use the Finishers TV YouTube page. Uh, my coach told me that we can use that. That's the same YouTube page that we've historically used for the Finishers sub-only pro events. So, and we have like a videographer guy that's pretty familiar with doing the streaming and everything, and he's kind of given me the rundown on how to do the live stream. But if you look up Finishers TV on YouTube and follow them, you know that that would be where it's going to be
0: awesome great great ladies thank you and best of luck good wishes and um i, I look forward to seeing how this ends up thank you so much thank you Find Stat Keys Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes, or anywhere you get your favorite podcast listen. You'll laugh out loud, you'll cry a little, you'll find yourself encouraged. Join us for casual conversation that leads itself. Based on where we take it from family to philosophy to work to meal prep to beautifully surviving life. And hey, if I could ask a big favor of you, go to iTunes and give us a five rating. The more people who rate us, the more we get this podcast out there. Thanks, I appreciate it.